Welcome to Engineering Influence, a podcast from the American Council of Engineering Companies sponsored by HDR. We are coming to you from our fall conference taking place at the Broadmoor in Colorado Springs. And I'm very pleased to be joined here today with Lee Leonard and Bob Jones from ACEC, Texas. Welcome, gentlemen. Bob Jones, Jones Engineering Solutions out of Houston, Texas. I've been in the engineering industry for 52 years, been engaged with ACC National for 46 of those years, and uh, find the group to be very powerful. Yes, it's great to be with you all today. My name is Lee Lennard, and I serve as president and CEO of BGE, headquartered in Houston, Texas. I have been in the engineering profession for 35 years and active in ACEC for 25. Happy to have you. So we are talking about the ACEC impact through direct giving. Can you just start by talking a little bit about the direct giving in ACEC Texas and how how it's kind of progressed from when you started to where it is now? Sure, I'll start. This is Lee. And again, great to be with everybody today. I think I'll start with with a future-based conversation of, of how we got here, and then Bob, I think, can, can share much more of the details and insights of how have we migrated over time to get to where we are today with our direct giving program. I would say that uh, it starts with leadership. Leadership is a future-based activity, and it was a couple of years ago that we recast our vision and our strategic plan uh, under the umbrella of ACC National. And through that effort, um, we set a new mission and the mission is to uh, advance a favorable business environment for our member firms. And we accomplished that through relationships, education and advocacy. And I think to touch on more as we go, uh, back to those three key elements, relationships, education and advocacy. That's not just with our member firms and the people in our organization, it's also with our elected leadership. Right. We need to educate them. Uh, we need to have relationships with them and we need to advocate strongly for our position uh, to protect the business-friendly culture that we have. Well, our, our uh, direct giving program in Texas has evolved over time. I've been involved with ACC National in Texas for 46 years. And uh, the first couple of years that I was involved with ACC and CEC Texas, uh, we had a very small pack and uh, we made very small contributions to a multitude of people. And uh, candidly, we were absolutely ineffective. And uh, starting in the early 1990s, uh, we embarked on a program to more directly touch candidates and elected officials in their campaigning. Uh, through a direct giving program. On a federal level, it would probably be considered a bundling program, but uh, we would host different events with key political candidates, uh, have fundraisers for them. We never could make a large enough contribution through a PAC uh, to exert any particular influence. We gained our influence by concentrating contributions from our members uh, with certain people, and it allowed us to build personal friendships as ACEC members with ultimately candidates that were in office, uh, such that when we had a political question, particularly policy kinds of issues that affected us, uh, 
we had members who could directly call uh, elected officials and say, there's a vote coming up on such and such bill. We'd like for you to support it, or uh, we need something pushed out of a committee so there can be a vote. So the direct giving helped us leverage both our PAC money and our individual money for the benefit of gaining the relationships that that Lee talked about and certainly helping us with the advocacy part of the program. So there's certainly a lot of history from when you both started to where you are now. So thank you for sharing that. Um, so let's talk about some of the success. I, I mean, you having the conversations, but from a financial perspective, what milestones have you reached? Well, on the national stage, as of this conference, we have met a hundred thousand dollar milestone in PAC giving, which puts us over uh, our our goal for the year. So we're very excited about that. It's always uh, great to beat states like California and New York, uh, being from Texas. So uh, a, a great testament to the breadth and depth of the work that uh, a lot of folks in Texas have, Texas has done to engage more broadly. Um, we we see that the PAC, funding the PAC, is really the seed money, the first step in, in what can be and what we would like to see be a much more robust direct giving program. Right. Um, the, the adage is that, that all politics is local. Uh, I would say that all relationships in that regard are local as well. So this is a multiplying effect. Direct giving has a multiplying effect. If our... Uh, president of RMO, one person has relationships with, uh, with members of the legislature. Well, that's a limiting factor. Uh, when we can engage uh, hundreds of us mm -hmm. to each form this network of connectivity with elected leadership, uh, that has a multiplying effect. Our influence will grow exponentially, and the result will be a much more powerful program uh, with our advocacy. You know, I think it's easy to write a check. That's the easy part. The, the challenging part and the essential part is to build those relationships with key elected leadership. As, as a practical matter, we're very interested in, in Texas uh, having ACC national uh, embrace a much more robust program of direct giving. Uh, in Texas, our PAC raises a little bit of money. We give several hundred thousand dollars probably uh, in direct giving. We're not interested in every single member of ACC's political activity group being friends with every single candidate or elected official. What we're interested in is having a few key people uh, get to be friends with a wide variety uh, of members. So uh, Lee has a group of friends that uh, he might talk to in Texas. I have a different group of friends that I might talk to. And when I say group of friends, I'm talking uh, candidates or, or elected officials. And, and you can leverage that substantially. Uh, you know, I, I kind of liken the pack uh, to your ante when you're gambling. Uh, in order to get a handful of cards, you got to put an ante on the table. Uh, if all the money you have is the ante, you're never there to win the game. 
because you don't have anything to put on the table uh, to carry you forward. So we think that's exactly what direct giving is. Uh, and direct giving is a huge multiple of what you can raise through PAC dollars. And so it takes, we think, a combination of the two. The, the PAC can host things, the PAC can uh, be the organizer, the PAC can uh, provide the seed money, and then you've got to do something rather substantial with key people or you're just not in the game. And uh, we'd like to see that carried over in national. We found it to work very, very successfully in Texas. And uh, while a lot of people think Texas is, is uh, simply a Republican state, we have a large number of Democrat candidates and elected officials that we support uh, because the worm turns from time to time. Uh, we also try to find some people that might be champions uh, down the line that are brand new to the elected process. And we try to get to be friends with those kind of people early on. Sometimes we saddle up to somebody that uh, flames out, but more times than not, uh, we're, we work with the people that are going to be the future leaders. And we do that through uh, what we gain with direct giving. Mm. Well, thank you both for really laying you know, the groundwork so people can understand how the direct giving works. Um, congratulations on hitting the goal already for the year. That's, that's quite an accomplishment and fantastic to hear. Uh, we've really covered a lot here in you know, less than 10 minutes. Is there anything else that you think you know, our audience needs to hear or understand about direct giving? But I feel like we've covered everything. Is there anything else, uh, Bob or Lee, that you can think of that we should? I would say that when it comes to the actual uh, action, you, you have to have somebody on point to orchestrate this program. Um, focus is key. If, and we focus... <laughs> It's a it's a true axiom. You you get what you focus on, and and so through the direct giving model, there has to be someone on point orchestrating the, the direct giving across the board. I would say another thing I've observed in my participation with direct giving is, for example, my firm pledges a certain amount to give per legislative cycle. All that giving doesn't come from one individual. All that giving does not come from me. So I use this program to engage the younger members of my staff. Now, the amounts that they give are in proportion to, to where they are in the organization. But when we talk about succession planning or we talk about um, young people not really understanding what, what this business of consulting is about, you know, they, they understand the technical nature. They go to school. They, they learn the formulas, they learn how to solve these mathematical problems that apply science to design the infrastructure for today and for the future. But the business of consulting is not taught anywhere. Um, well, who's going to teach it to them? I think a direct giving program is definitely uh, one of those pieces to the puzzle that can engage this next generation of leadership and get them into the game and get them at the table. And when in my experience, when they are at the table, um, it really does open up a whole new world of understanding about what this whole thing is about. So it's got a lot of side benefits beyond just hitting a number. Right, right. Let, let, me, let me offer you a, a historical uh, accomplishment that came through direct giving uh, from 
somebody in the state of Texas. Uh, we had an engineer in Texas uh, named Bernard Johnson. He's been deceased for several years. Bernard Johnson is single-handedly responsible for the Brooks Act. We, we all talk about uh, uh, one qualification-based selection, and we root all of that in the Brooks Act. And Bernard Johnson was a very active political uh, guy in the, in the Houston area. He got to be very good friends with Congressman Jack Brooks, and uh, he's the person that went to Jack Brooks and said we needed uh, that kind of bill. Brooks looked at it and said, we'll do it. And that is a direct result of what happens with, with effective uh, direct giving and establishing the friendships and relationships, again, that Lee talked about early on. If you, if you couple the pack and direct giving and relationships, then all of a sudden you can be effective in the political process. And we can do that on the national level if we would work at it. I think another thing maybe just to append to your uh, to your podcast is when we screen for the legislators that we want to engage with, uh, we look for legislators that want to get stuff done. That, that's a huge distinction. There's a lot that are that are just placeholders out there, and um, those aren't the ones that we're focused on. So I think it is, again, a targeted program. It's not going to hundreds of legislators. We, we need to pick our champions, which are uh, probably number on a national scale, 20 to 30 of them, and really get dialed in uh, to make a difference and an impact to their political future uh, through significant contributions and significant fundraisers that we would host for them. Yeah, I think that plays back into Bob's comments just about you have to have the ante and then you have to have the funds behind it to make that happen and choose those candidates, right, that you want to, you'd like to support. Um, well, thank you both for your time today. It's been a, a fantastic conversation and uh, I, you know, hopefully the rest of the week goes well here at Paul Conference and you've enjoyed the Broadmoor. And so thank you. Thank you very much. Thank Pleasure you. being here. Broadmoor's a great place. So this has been another episode of the Engineering Influence Podcast from ACEC. We will see you next time.